This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Hey there, good citizen. You are listening to The Dork Knight, where each episode we discuss a different facet of the Batman. And uh, we're going to be chatting about things like Rogue's Gallery, awesome gadgets, and whatnot. So, like today, we're talking about the 200th Smash issue of Batman. And this was actually listed as Neil Adams' first issue. It's an anthology, has some awesome artwork. And uh, there's there's a little kerfuffle about uh, this being listed as uh, art by Bob Kane. But, you know, we'll get into that as well. But this is going to be an awesome episode. So tonight's episode, or today's episode, is brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network. Head on over to thedorkening.com to check out some awesome shows like Retro Red Octopus, Still Token with Comics Paradox, Creative Spotlight, ton of awesome shows, doing a ton of awesome stuff. Uh, and also brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, my absolute favorite coffee, as you always hear, Death by Chocolate. But also check out Witch's Brew, which is chocolate raspberry. They have plain coffee as well if you don't like flavored. But anyway, we're going to get into it right now. and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, welcome to the Dork Night, where we dork out about Batman and, uh, you know, each week we can talk about, you know, uh, an early ep uh, episode or issue uh, or a later one or whatnot or key issues. We we talk about a bunch of different stuff. My camera's fucking up. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're going to go with it. Uh, today we are talking about uh, Batman number 200. But before, before I get into that, how are you guys doing? Bat-tastic. Bat-tastic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I am I am bat okay I don't fucking know <laughs> I got no I got no I got no punch I'm bat badrific bat badrific are are you really batrific after we had to read through another Batman origin Oh thank you I was gonna bring that up I I, I mean you kind of beat me to the punch on that one but guys, I, I, I actually got yeah I got to that page and I was like oh good. I'm like Brandon. Batman's eat origin. This shit up. Yeah, I was like, good <laughs> Batman's origin. I forgot how he how he decided to become a fucking strong man who fights crime nocturnally. Christ on a cracker, oh. and then followed directly. Yeah, by Robin's origin. <laughs> Although it is it is interesting to note in this that Martha Wayne was not shot. No, and killed in that alley. She died. <laughs> Of a broken heart slash heart attack after Thomas got shot? Uh, too many quaaludes. <laughs> or not enough. Or not man. enough quaaludes, yeah. <laughs> That's why they call me red, man. I can, eat, I can eat red and they don't do anything, man. Try it. Ooh, that's a red one, man. I, I remember telling my kids, man, like, hey, you can use drugs. Just replace them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
careful. Red's a color out of space, man. Oh, we did yeah. it again. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah. today we're, we're talking about Batman Volume 1, Issue 200. And, uh, you know, going by DC Fandom, the quote that they have, we can't thank you enough, Alfred. I guess we had lost sight of our original purposes. We're grateful to you reminding of us. Uh, so in this issue, uh, the Batman who radiated fear scarecrow invents a potion that causes his victims to literally panic and fear and uses it on the dynamic duo to make them helpless. After failing to capture scarecrow and his gang of crooks due to abject fear, Batman and Robin decide to hang up their capes for good. However, however, Alfred reminds them both of their parents' deaths and vows they took both to fight crime. Now the renewed determination and vengeance, the caped crusaders hunt down Gotham's worst criminals one by one until they finally reach the Scarecrow. Uh, wow, the Scarecrow used a fear toxin. Wow, novel concept. <laughs> 1968, though. So you're, yeah. you're looking at this. Um, I actually just started reading a book that I picked up today called Fear State, which is a book that involves the Scarecrow. So here we are looking at Batman 200 from 1968, and we're in the year 2021, and the character is still relevant. Yeah. So it's uh, – it's it's interesting because they just have like sort of this perennial appeal and fear is always going to be something that you have to fight exactly so so the reason why we we chose this one is the key issue because this is actually the first time neil adams drew batman uh he will uh go through doing uh so this is actually he only did the cover yep. uh, unfortunately uh but he did a couple covers until eventually issue 232 he does the first complete issue and 232 is the first appearance of Ra's al Ghul. So, uh, we'll, did we'll you guys see it. the big Bob Kane thing in there? And it like, and I was looking at it, I'm like, there is no way that this is Bob Kane art, but there was a giant Bob Kane sort of, um, like, uh, I don't know right, if it's on like, the first page. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, as you go a little bit further in, uh, oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah, right there. See it? I'm page. like, he didn't draw this. This no. is not his art what? style. Anything. Bob I'm Kane? Like, Excuse me. Bob Kane taking credit for something that somebody else did. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. I thought it, it uh, kind of warranted discussion because I'm I'm just looking at this and I'm like, you know what, man? I know this isn't you. Like I, I looked up the artist on this. His name is like Crispin something, but I, I'm just like, that's not him. I mean, and, uh, at this point, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, does it warrant discussion? Like, is there anybody out there who's who's tuning into like Batman stuff? that doesn't know that Bob Kane was a fucking piece of shit. I mean, <laughs> for the five people listening who haven't discovered this. Yeah. Yet, uh, like breaking news. <laughs> dee, 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 dee. This just in. <laughs> no gang. <laughs> Bob Kane was a, was a fucking hack who just would take people's ideas and fuck them over because he would get them to sign contracts that said in the finest print, Hey, anything you come up with, I'm going to take and say, I did it. That's that's it. And he was able to parlay those same contracts into an agreement slash contract with DC Comics. That's why his name always fucking appeared the way you just mentioned in these Batman comics. I mean, we I wonder all... what would have happened if he did get sold to Marvel back in like 1987. I don't know. I mean, beats the fuck out of me. Superman almost went there that way, too. I mean, it would have been Batman and Superman over at Marvel. Like, would have been a very strange situation. Batman, I, I think, you know. I don't think it would have been good, to be yeah. honest. 
Like it, it would not have been good. Batman yeah. would have uh, would have suffered very very much. I mean, especially considering like how would they work Gotham into into Marvel? Like you can't honestly like Batman is not someone you can just stick in like New York City because his whole thing is my city. <laughs> we've seen we've seen the crossovers, right? And and I'm sure we'll cover a couple of them. The uh, the ones that stick out that are pretty good. There's a John Byrne, a Captain America Captain crossover. Captain America that yeah, takes right. place in the same universe yep. as Generations. So so there's that one. There is uh, a Spider-Man one, and I, I want to say that's a I want to say JD uh, Yep. So uh, that's pretty good. There's two Daredevil crossovers. One is god awful. The other one's actually pretty good. And the other one's pretty good. Yep. And then um, and then there's one with the Punisher, which is I don't know. You know, it's I, I got to go back and reread it again. Isn't there, a, isn't there a Grendel? There's yeah. There's too? actually two. Yep. There's yeah, two yeah. Grendel crossovers. So. Matt Wagner. Yep. yep. Uh, just real quick, the artist, uh, so let me pull it up here. Uh, writer was uh, Mike Frederick, and penciler was Chick Stone. Oh, Chick, okay. And But the anchor was Joe uh, Giella. Uh, letterers is Gaspar Saladino, and the editor at the time was Julius Schwartz. Haha, <laughs> Julius Schwartz. That fucking dude, man. I'm surprised <laughs> the monkey didn't show up somewhere in this fucking issue. Oh, that was his thing, by the way. I, um, I think monkeys. I was thinking yeah. I'd put put monkey been... put monkeys on the cover and in the issue, and the, it'll fucking sell like crazy. Kids the love monkeys, Lee, but they're monkeys. What? And the thing is, he was right. <laughs> that's the that's the craziest part about it. Kids saw monkeys, and they'd buy the comics. Hey, they they liked Wizard of Oz. Let's throw monkeys in it. This <laughs> influenced the young Art Adams. You like like the newest <laughs> issue of JL Ape. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, so this starts off once again, the Prince of Panic fright into Gotham City with the specific goal of haunting Batman and Robin right out of their crime fighting wits. The Cape Crusaders cannot even look upon the tyrant of terror now without trembling with fear. And when a half dozen scarecrows loom before them, they set the stage for the dynamic duo's doom. Uh, this is definitely it, it for me. It definitely had that 60s Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they could have post fifties. That yeah. wouldn't have been out of place being read by the voiceover at the beginning and end of Batman sixty six. I mean, there's yeah. so much alliteration in that, on that same page on the next panel. Like after they call him the Tyrant of Terror, it, up in the in the middle top panel, they also managed to call him the Felon of Fright. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's that's a lot in a very short amount of time. Pick a fucking moniker and stick with it. <laughs> uh, Brandon, can you do that uh, impersonation? Oh, let me see. <clears throat> uh, which one? <laughs> I mean, which one am, what am I reading? <laughs> uh, oh, either one. <laughs> the Cape Crusaders cannot even look upon the tyrant of terror now without trembling with fear. And when a half dozen scarecrows loom before them, they set the stage for the dynamic duo's doom. The man who radiated fear. Tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Na, 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 na. <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's superpowers, right? Probably. Who yeah, gives shit? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm giving credit where credit's oh, due, man. Thanks, I think it man. sounds good. I think okay. it reminds me of superpowers. We're recording this literally <laughs> at this point, like a day after we set up to record it. <laughs> if you, if you catch my drift. It's very late. 
it's like when somebody said to me, like, reason, like my friends like, hanging out, and they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah. And I started doing, like, the whole He-Man thing. Like, you, you know, you, you nickel-plated fool. And, you know, all that shit. You boobs cost me victory. But then halfway through, because I was exhausted, I was like, you fucking morons. And they were like, that sounds more like the fucking monarch from the Venture Brothers. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and do your version then. Oh, what's that? You got nothing? Shut up. <laughs> you know? I'm not I, a I was gonna, I was gonna give you monarch. <laughs> I was gonna give you monarch, but really, it also kind of sounds a little bit like the Don Adams Inspector Gadget, like well, unintentionally. But you're there. Well, I mean, I can do this. Missed it by that much. Would you believe a rabid Boy Scout? <laughs> <laughs> this message will self-destruct in five seconds. Oh, next geez. time, gadget. Next time, I'll get oh, you next geez. time, gadget. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. The I, dorkiest I of nights. Yeah, but then, like, I understand the monarch is like, ah, you thought you were hot shit in a champagne glass, but you're really just cold diarrhea in a Dixie cup. Whereas Skeletor is just like, you feckless boobs. He's got, like, a little bit more depth to it. So, But, yeah, anyway. Oh, no one chews scenery like Skeletor. I mean. For real. He's just the greatest. <laughs> Fucking Skeletor is nothing but a fucking skull on the top half and has the nerve to call everybody else boneheads. What a fucking dick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, Batman 200. <laughs> this has been He-Man Revelations. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so one thing I, I don't get, how did Batman and Robin get poisoned? Uh, it must he, have been gas in, in the air or something, right? Because yeah, here yeah. he is. I mean, he, he's, you know, when he's testing it out, he doesn't really say... Did he drop it? Because he didn't get him to take a pill, and it's not a suppository. No, he he does show a pill, but the pills the antidote. Oh, so he he did the whole area then. I'm guessing they don't explicitly tell us. I don't think. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that that's not even like a serious question I had. I that didn't even occur to me. There was some other shit that I was just like, how, <laughs> how, how did the scarecrow do this? Particularly with strands of straw. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I, I was enthralled with all these little advertisements, actually. <laughs> like, look at that art. That's that's awesome for 1968. The Spectre? Metamorpho could use some work. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no doubt. Metamorpho could use some uh, work. <laughs> and and I, I love the Batmobile where the, the bat up front is just like a, a flat piece of metal. They showed the back of it at one point. That's a that's another Bill Finger joint right there. That he's the one responsible for that design. It's a cool looking car, and it I mean is. this is. this is what what uh, gave birth to the '66 Batmobile and all that. Like, so they're going kind of off of that design, and and they can't use the exact design from the show, but um, I mean it's cool. He had the battering ram in it, and I mean I sat in that thing. It is a boat on wheels. It's just crazy. Like that's the only thing I can say. It's like you're sitting in a giant wooden boat. <laughs> Giant wooden boat, <laughs> the bat boat. I thought yeah, kind of well, it was um, a different thing altogether. Isn't that where he keeps his bat shark repellent? We yeah, we we were doing um um interview with Bert Ward, uh, Roger from um, the East Meets the West podcast, and um Bert was telling us he's like, man, that first time you know that they they like blast out, he's going like sixty five miles an hour. There's no seat belts, nothing. They're just telling me to hold on, and I fell out of the car. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Oh, no. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. I almost got killed falling out of the damn Batmobile. And all that. It was like the we were like four takes in, so they had to use like the best one. Yeah. Picked the wrong day to wear pantyhose as part of my costume. Jesus Christ! 
Yeah, he had some interesting stories. Like um, they told him to act natural, and um, the, what he did is he jumped out of the Batmobile and he walked out on the back of it on the fin. And they're like, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" They thought he was going to break it, no, because <laughs> it was just a prop. So, yeah, no, he's an interesting character. <laughs> Very much the character of Robin too is Burt Ward. So that's cool. Nice. I like yeah. that. We'll, we'll we'll have to try to get him on the show. He did our entire interview with his eyes closed. It was right. uh, literally just like, and his wife is like, "You're not going to show that, right?" And I'm like, uh, "No, it's an audio podcast." So, <laughs> hey, hey, look at me, you fucker. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, uh, once they get back up oh, and I have my microphone, uh, uh, Alfred's uh, trying to explain to him, you know, uh, what happened. That's when we get, you know, the, the, the death of the parents again. Why? Just in uh, case anybody fucking forgot. <laughs> 200 is a milestone issue. It, it, I mean, it you, is, yeah. you think about it. It's like you, you got a good number of issues. Roughly, if you're doing 12 a year, if you're lucky, you know, you'll get to this. I mean, a good number of years down the road. But, I mean, Batman had started out in Detective, and then you get into, you know, Batman shortly afterwards. So we had probably a good amount of time before this got to this point. Yeah. It's – well, the first several issues were actually uh, quarterly, I believe, because it was like like the fall issue, the summer issue, you know. Um, that single bullet really killed two people from, for Martha Wayne's weak heart stopped from sudden shock. It's just too much, I guess. delicate uh, feminine constitution couldn't handle it. Christ. I wonder if they just didn't want to show a woman being murdered, as opposed to like an eerie comic or something. I guess. I mean, yeah. Wow. They were so, 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 so considerate. Well, those early detective comics that we had read before with like Detective 27 through like 30 and all that, they, they were just killing wantonly. It's like, oh, yeah, people are dead. People are dead. And you get into like the 50s comics and it's like no one's dead and Batman's a rainbow and he's on Mars and he's fighting a giant pink robot. So you're like, oh, OK. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. Were you just describing uh, death metal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus. And that's how Jack Black's egg was hatched. <laughs> Brutal legend. Great game. You got to play it. Oh, boy. Uh, I love, you know, the, the, the panels. They, they tried to add a little bit of flourish with, you know, the, the ragged edges. But I, I don't get where it's continued on second page following. I mean, you're you're what you think people are going to get bored because they have an ad? Yes, because people are dumb. Children are dumb, Leo. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, too, that you do get a lot of that really talking down to the audience in this one. And you don't see that as much in the earlier uh, issues. Go, go back real quick, Leo, and scroll down. OK, OK, there we go. Well, fucking news dealer, guys. When's the last time you fucking heard about someplace where you buy periodicals or magazines and such as your news dealer? Like, hey, man, I'll be right back. You know, run out of fucking car and see my news dealer. Hey, game, what'd you get? For me? What'd you get for me today? What'd you, what'd you got? What'd you got, man? Hey, uh, come on, Brandon. You you read Watchmen? So. <laughs> you get pirate pirate comics, man? I need some fucking happens to the fucking Black Freighter. <laughs> Whoa, slow down! I told you, you already had one. <laughs> I I, don't, I I need more than fucking what I fucking told you. <laughs> Jesus Christ! 
It's just the there's same. Variants, there's variants. There's variant <laughs> covers. Where's the fucking lenticular? I know you you fucking hold it out on me. <laughs> die cut. On, die cut. Call me a dick. What? <laughs> Jeez. It cost 50 cents, kid. <laughs> oh, this this was a great one, too, because it's it's a quarter panel book. And, I mean, have you seen a more homoerotic page in, in comic books? I mean, in general, like, look at this. All around. And just creepy Alfred. Just oh, yeah, it was creepy like, Alfred that, that won it for me. The fucking looking, breaking the fourth wall and winking at us. Ding! I think that's Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> it's Agatha. It was her all along. Uh, so so yeah the ads are just awesome and i i love it when we we get a digital copy that has the ads but order by mail specials 50 yeah, the, bike decals for the flaming dollar. skull and all that i'm like is that ghost rider <laughs> i'm like <laughs> i like how the pennants that they're advertising are like boston red Sox, washington redskins and whatever the fuck was in maine <laughs> yeah maine yeah is that dartmouth i don't know maine, maine. <laughs> What's in yeah. Maine? People who live in Maine. I don't beach, know. <laughs> beach, mosquitoes. Um, let's see. Bob Ross. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Maine, the deep south of the far north. <laughs> that is true if you've ever been to Maine. And if you live in Massachusetts, you have been to Maine. So, Did you know that the toothbrush was invented in Maine? Uh, I, I, no, if it I had been invented know. anywhere else, then I called it a teeth brush. Wow. Okay, so 40 crazy labels. They show dry paint sticker. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Election seat, pull handle. Oh, ejection seat, not election seat. I remember uh, an issue of Mad Magazine I got that had a shitload of those types of things, right? And just an entire page where you just like lick them like stamps and slap them on shit. It was, I fucking loved it. Oh. We did that in high school. I think we, we put a whole bunch of uh, crazy labels and stuff like that in really high places. Some are still there today. So if you're listening and you go to Southington High School in Southington, Connecticut, take a look. See if you can find some. Oh, okay. That sentence ended different than I thought it would. I thought it was just going to be like, if you go there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that shit. Groovy. <laughs> So uh, one of the things they give you is a reprint of the first page of Batman from Detective 27 uh, from May 1939. The Batman, a mysterious and adventurous figure fighting for righteousness and apprehending the wrongdoer in his law. What the hell? His lone battle against the evil forces of society. His identity remains unknown. Yeah, that's why he wears a mask. (laughs) (laughs) Why would he wear a mask if he wanted people to know who he was? And don't forget, it's by Robt Kane. By Robt Kane. I I don't believe that they credit this at the uh, at the credits page either. No, there's uh, so uh, actually I'll go back to that uh, real quick. But uh, yeah, so May 1939. So we were talking about uh, how long it took to get to 200. Were um, uh, 29 years? Yeah. Wow. So uh, Batman number 200, March 1968, published monthly with the exception of April and October by National Periodical Publications, Inc. Uh, they give the address. Uh, postage is $1.75. Yeah, they don't really, they don't give any uh, credits. What the heck? I, I love looking through the um, the letters because every once in a while you'll find something interesting. 
Like if you ever look in 1960s and 70s issues of uh, Fantastic Four, you'll see like a young George R.R. R. Martin, yep. you know, or something. You'd be like, huh? You know, <laughs> and it's funny. He's like, and he'd be like, when the last time we saw our Cape Crusaders, you know, so th- there's some <laughs> funny ones in here. You know, um, was it this one about like how people are complaining that you can't see the Batman's eyes and all that? And I'm like, well, all right. Weird complaint, but okay. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of interesting, but I, I always scan through just to see if I could see anyone famous in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean George R. R. Martin. I know I've seen stuff. I think I, I, I feel like I saw Eric Larson, Eric Larson, and Mark Wade. Yep, definitely Mark Wade. Absolutely, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like I've seen Mark Wade in like old JLA issues or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun. I always want. I used to send letters when I was a kid, and not a single one of them got published. Granted, I, I probably should one book. I probably shouldn't have started each one of them off with, if you do not print this, I will kill Stan Lee. <laughs> Luckily, it was a Jack Kirby book. So, <laughs> I, I'm in one Matt Wagner book, which is uh, uh, Mage the Hero. Uh, was it the Hero Denied issue number seven? There's a letter for me in that. No shit. That's cool, yeah. man. He sent me um, He sent me like a handwritten um, sort of postcard with like a thank you and all that. And it was it was really awesome. That's really cool, man. Holy shit. That'd be cool. Yeah. I've written numerous ones, but that's the only one that ever got in. So well, apparently, I, apparently I have to stop trying to kill Stanley too. So <laughs> I never stopped trying. <laughs> I never stopped trying. Like you misspelled it. They thought it was Jim Lee. <laughs> now you're <laughs> Trumbo. <laughs> I think this guy said if we don't we don't plan it. If we don't if we don't print it, he's gonna kill Jim Lee. All right. Well, We'll it's okay. We he, got his art from the nineties. See when he shows up, then I guess <laughs> we got enough Magneto drawings from that dude. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, so Batman and Robin they go on a hunting spree. Uh, you know, going after just about everybody. You have the Joker, and they find a random two red straws uh, in the Joker's hair, guys. That's where the fucking straws were. So was the Joker in on this, or like was he paid to put straws in his hair? Like, what's the deal? No, like clearly none of them knew about it. That's why I'm like, this is so fucking weird. Yeah, like Killer Moth has the strands of straw around his fucking ankles. Like, I, I love that Killer Moth is in this though. Like, like he's big enough to get like that. I mean, oh, but just the fact that also this guy who deals with flame all the fucking time has straw tied around his ankles that didn't fucking somehow become incendiary, like. All right, cool. Oh, no, that's that's Firefly. Oh, yeah. sure, sure, whatever. <laughs> he just he just can't get super close to light bulbs. <laughs> that's his that's his thing. So, oh my god, <laughs> they didn't have LEDs back then. So, unreal. <laughs> Penguin shoots uh, the blue straws, and uh, <laughs> I, I I just I just don't get this i mean uh, it doesn't add up it's it's one of those things it's like you have to make a super leap and they really leaned into this on the 66 uh batman tv show he's yeah. like what's in a tree and dangerous i got it a canary with a machine gun like of course yes yeah. <laughs> of course old chum so it's just like they're you know you you want to think that you could solve this crime with you know what's like out in front of you like here are the clues kids try to solve this crime probably not you no know? no like i just so it's so fucking weird like the scarecrow somehow finagled getting these clues 
to lead Batman to where he was going to be, but involving all these other villains who didn't know that they were part of the Scarecrow's plan to get Batman to go to this place. So, like, yeah. good thing Batman won against each one of these criminals. And yeah, it's like, it's a super weak premise for uh, a plot. Like, very um, convoluted. <laughs> like very the. Convoluted. the the ex machina behind it and all that you're like oh, okay and then it's like he's the guy who wants to fear you and he's setting up a saw trap with like a bunch of pistols pointed at you i'm like eh, i don't know <laughs> is this the best we could have done in the 60s because i've seen a james bond film so i'm gonna say I, it's not i just like how they how they pull themselves away from the trap where you know the scarecrow has uh pistols with hair triggers and uh you know fucking trapeze line or whatever tied around them and if you move your fingers or whatever at all you know you're gonna get shot immediately but like they're like okay we'll just bend down at the waist not move our hands at all and then just quickly move forward and break the strings he's all like egg on my face (laughs) they use their powerful leg muscles and they flip themselves simultaneously I can't Uh, believe that coca-cola didn't get all over their asses for asking robin if he wanted a nice cold coke (laughs) <laughs> I, and that's like another thing it's like some of the comments in the witty, witty batter, banter it's like okay um, maybe maybe he does I, I don't know we supposed to know and who is Sugar and Spike I mean yeah. you know on the previous play who do you think it is Sugar and Spike I'm like should I get that <laughs> and then and then on the, on this next page here I'm like is he putting glue on this guy where where, where am I seeing that oh, so oh yeah a, what the this is guaranteed to hold your hair in place, villain. And I'm like, it's, did uh, he just bludgeon him to death? <laughs> it's uh, it's mustard oh. from the hero sandwich. Oh, yeah. I mean, ketchup, not mustard. Ketchup yep. for the hero sandwich. See, I can make lots of leaps, uh, you know, like there's a man that can fly and move the earth and all that. But the leap I cannot make is that someone is putting ketchup on their hero sandwich. Oh, I mean, people do weird shit all the time, bro. So I, I just wanted to cover this real quick. Uh, the what got them there? The the um, how they figured it out, and this is oh my god, yeah. rid- absolutely ridiculous. Talk about a leap. Oh yeah. So so Alfred says, "What shall I write on the crime file card for these straws, Master Wayne? I fail to see see the significance of them. They were the clues that tipped us off to Scarecrow's fur store robbery. The red, white, and blue colors suggested the colors of the flag, and the numbers gave us the address. So it was 245 Flag Street, and it was a double clue. The numbers 2 and 4 also gave us the date, February 4th, while the 5 meant the time, 5 o'clock. And once we knew the time and place, the stage was set up to stage of uh, the villain of the drama, The Scarecrow. Uh, oh, simple, simple as that, eh? <laughs> I, li- I like the world in which their crime operates in, in these work, like these older ones where it's like, they're like, oh, we're going to go do this. We're going to tie up the bad guy, like the, the night watchman or something like that. And we're going to move on and all that. It's like, okay. It's not like they're going to kill someone and peel off their face or something, you know, like, like they do uh, nowadays. So it's, it's just like a gentler world. It was like, oh, we'll steal these furs. Now, if there was a fur store in business, it would be it would be like vandalized or some shit. Right. <laughs> you know, and the villains would be in the fur store as the proprietors of the fur store. So it's just like such a different world. 
Well, I just I, I think it's kind of silly at the beginning too, where Scarecrow has Batman and Robin dead to rights. Oh yeah, he's yeah. like, let them go. It's so much more fun because they're afraid of me now. They're so afraid they won't even come near me. You're pretty fucking confident there, Crane. <laughs> All right. No, I and guys, I love Scarecrow. I like Scarecrow more than the Joker. Um, he's just to me, he's a character that that has his use, and the Joker's so overused. Where it's just like, you know, you kind of get tired of seeing him after a while. You're like, all right, give us Joker once, maybe twice a year, and then let's move on. But, like, characters like Bane and um, the Scarecrow, I just absolutely adore. So I I was really keen on the way that he looked in this. But some of the stuff is actually kind of consistent with how we've seen him over the years. Where he gets kind of like this thrill, this, like, passionate thrill of, like, when Batman scares him. Because Batman's the only thing that scares the Scarecrow. And him keeping him and Robin alive like that is very consistent with that aspect. You should, um, I mean, just because you're talking about Scarecrow, I'm not trying to like digress too much from uh, what we're talking about here. But uh, they, there is uh, currently they are using Dr. Jonathan Crane as uh, the he- one of the heavies for uh, Titan season three on HBO Max. Nice, yeah. I haven't gotten um, that far into it yet. It's uh, it's pretty cool. He's being played by Vincent Carthizer from. Uh, Angel and Mad Men. Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched either one of those shows. I don't. I'm not familiar with the actor, but I I'm familiar with those shows. Angel. He played. He played Angel's son, Connor. Oh, he's Connor. Okay. Uh, But he's bearded and stuff, and like he's he's. Is he still very gaunt? Uh, not particularly. I mean, he is thin. He is thin, but the beard makes him look a little heavier. But uh, he's not. He's not heavy. Uh, but he's been locked up in Arkham, and uh, yeah, there's some stuff that, that goes down. But oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, he he's do, he does really well. Um, it's it's unfortunate because like this has nothing to do with the story, but I guess Vincent Carthage was just kind of a dick when they were making the the season, and uh, you know they launched an investigation, and they basically that's what it is. Like he just made inappropriate comments, and but it sounds to me like he was just kind of like being sort of a you know dillweed, and probably made a lot of smart ass comments that were more hurtful than funny. And uh, there was like, we'll never work with him again. I'm like, hey, well, if you got what you needed for him for the season, from him for the season, then whatever, who cares? But so far, it's it's pretty good. And uh, I will say, um, Batman related, uh, Jason Todd in this season, um, I, I I they've done a very great job of making Jason Todd uh, a, an unlikable character in Titans, and that's I'll been say. very purposeful. I hate and, his face. Yeah, and very purposeful. But in season three, like, oh man, do they fucking ratchet it up quite a few notches, man? I just you gotta get get to that point. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. It's, yeah, I've seen the I've seen the first episode, so I get where you're going. So. It's it's been enjoyable so far, and I I just can't wait for them to to get going and probably leading into the next season with some of the bigger ideas that they're they're working towards, particularly the return of like Donna Troy. Oh, nice. oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to bring up this uh, really quick. This is something we don't see nowadays. Uh, statement of ownership, management, and circulation. Mm. Uh, so it gives, you know, uh, obviously this was a law at that time where they had to file all this information. Uh, data filing, October 1st, 1967, titled of publication Batman. But then it goes into uh, the total number of copies printed, uh, not press uh, runs. So the average number of copies each issue during the preceding two month, uh, 12 months was uh, one point, almost 1.2 million. Wow. The single wow. issue nearest filing date. Uh, so a single issue, they printed 970,000. 
uh, paid circulation. Uh, so there was your subscriptions or uh, pay, uh, sales through dealers was 794,000 copies where they made $65,000 and mail-in subscriptions was 11,700 where they made $9,300. Hmm. I um, never, I never get into mail-in subscription books. Like uh, they, they yeah. never gave you the direct edition and those were always the worst ones to retain any value. So yeah. it just, it always seemed like it was the worst you know, I, I I never went out of my way to do it, but I was fortunate enough as a kid to have uh, my my aunt, my auntie, my aunt Renee, my auntie Nay. Uh, she is also my godmother, and she moved to Florida when I was seven, <laughs> and that sucked because I love my auntie Nay, and she always had she always knew like the cool stuff that I liked. I mean, she's the one that bought me the gold cartridge of the Legend of Zelda for my seventh birthday. And, nice, you know, yeah, like. She she was always getting me like Superman stuff. Well, she's like I it's was, dangerous out there. Take this. Take this. <laughs> it's why I was wearing my my Back to the Future. It's dangerous to go eighty eight miles shirt all day yesterday, and I thought about that gold cartridge. Um, but the thing is, she when I was in junior high, all the way up through sophomore year of high school, she got a subscription to every single Superman title. Oh wow! And would save them up all year round, bag and board them. And then send them up in like a shoebox with all kinds of like tissue papers to keep them from moving around. And it was always at the end of the year towards Christmas. So I would get everything that came out for the year. It was like stack like this because you think there were like four to five Superman titles at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I would just burn through it Christmas vacation every year. It was awesome. And uh, that was all mail in stuff. And I heard people say the same stuff, like, oh, it's always less quality. I'm like, yeah, but you know what also is less quality than that? Not having the shit at all. <laughs> and, and this this predates, like, the card sets, too, and stuff like that, too. So it's like yeah. you, you didn't have the ability. And there's no Wizard magazine. I mean, maybe you're reading, uh, like, previews or Starlog or, I don't know, comic comic shop news or some crap like that. But, you know, a lot of them, you know, they there was nothing out there like Wizard that's going to say, hey, check out these, the best – the best 50 issues of DC comics or something. So it's true. Yeah. There, and there should be something like that now, you know, and it should be on the dorkening. Damn it. I mean, I was <laughs> gonna say, stuff, stuff like, like, you know, us growing up and reading wizard or some of us already haven't been grown up and reading wizard. Hey, Leo. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, we, we all read the, those things and we all wanted to talk about the new stuff that was coming out with our friends who, Either they also had that issue or we passed that issue of business yeah, around and then you'd have conversations. I mean, that you can see a direct line from that to what we're doing right now. Would you guys pass uh, issue 200 of Batman along to your friends? Uh, do I li- actually like those friends or? Um, well, that's that's the question. Would you pass this one around to be like, hey, you got to check this out uh, now? Like, oh, just ever like like, I guess, what's your general opinion of the issue? I I mean, I, I think for the time that it was done. It, it, yeah, it was it was it was perfectly adequate. I'm not going to say it was probably like mind blowing, but it, it worked for their 200th smash issue at that point in time. Uh, you know, looking back on it now and how, what kind of advances have been made in progressive storytelling as well as art in and outside of the books, um, you know, you can look back and be like, oh, what a different time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, it was a simpler time when the Scarecrow was 
more akin to a cartoon villain than somebody who you should be absolutely terrified of the second you hear he might be in the area. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the simple fact that this starts off calling a guy a fucking tyrant to terror and the felon of fright, and he's dealing with fucking cyclotropic drugs that feed in people's fears and don't let go. You know, they just they're stuck in that anxiety all the time after that point. That's fucking horrifying, and it is not treated as such whatsoever. No, it's it's very light, you know, and and it's it's funny because there's there's other stories that you know are a little bit after this when we get into the gritty nineteen uh, seventies, and like there's people that die from this. It's the same yeah. shit, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like same scarecrow, same everything, but like this guy died. So it's like, this is no joke, but like right now it's like a joke and you know, it's, it's like the Scooby-Doo sort of uh, meets, meets Batman and the Joker and Penguin and all that, which I'm okay with because it's like, that has a place too. And I, I was just thinking like, if I was a kid and I was reading this, I would have been absolutely like in love with the scarecrow design and like the artwork, you know, it's not like the most detailed and all that. I like his look. I think, I think it's yeah. cool. And you know, he, he fits all of those sort of like hokey archetypes of the time. Um, I, I think I would have absolutely seen through the plot and um, that, that uh, picture of Alfred is just absolutely uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah. like just like, even, <laughs> even like at a young age, I'd be like, nah, this is weird. You know? Hey guys. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you, tra- what the fuck are you doing now? <laughs> what does Alfred know that we don't? Oh, he read the script. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> marvelous <laughs> what about you leo does this does yeah. this one resonate with you like i i don't think it's a particular particularly deep story like it it goes no, from it, a to b with a leap at the end but definitely a big leap it uh you know at some points it was you know uh a fun read to look back at that time you know just looking back at the innocence of it all and you know like batman 66 well uh, an issue of Brave and Bold was my first introduction of Batman, but then, you know, Batman 66, I watched as a kid and just, you know, absolutely loved it. So, it was, you know, definitely a, a look back at that time. You know, I can definitely hear Adam West. Oh, yeah. As I was reading it. Yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it, it's it's I wouldn't pass this along. But yeah, I don't think I would either. Yeah, I but, feel like if I did pass this along, you, you whoever I pass it along to. <laughs> They would come back to me and be like, why? Like, did I do something to you? Did somebody tell you I was talking shit in the parking lot last weekend? Like, I thought we were cool, and then you give me this. And then I got to the end of it, miraculously, and I was like, oh, oh, Brandon hates me. <laughs> like, that's Brandon, Brandon, did you get those three straws that I put in your mailbox? <laughs> like, why are there three red straws here? Oh, he'll know. He'll like, know. Like, like drinking straws? No, like like Rumpelstiltskin straw. <laughs> I'm gonna turn these into gold. <laughs> oh, uh, I just want to go over real quick. Uh, obviously, it was uh, in the issue was Batman and Robin. We also saw Alfred. Uh, the Scarecrow and uh, single appearances by his crew, Larry, R- Mr. Rayburns, Roberts, and Bill Joe. File Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Love Joe. Them. I mean, come on. Everyone knows Bill Joe. Yo, Bill Joe. Yeah. You know, William Joseph. Yeah. yeah. Bill Joe Baggins. Where's <laughs> <laughs> a bag on his head? <laughs> All right. Then keep uh, your secrets. We, I, 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 I am so urged to play the Leonard Nimoy song, but. Uh, oh, the ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Uh, we also got a cameo of the Joker, the Penguin, and Killer Moth. And uh, obviously we saw uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne in a flashback. Joe Chill, the Flying Graysons, John Grayson, and Mary Jake Grayson, uh, Boss Zuko. And uh, this all happened in Gotham City in the Batcave. Uh, we got the Bat Rope, the Giant Penny, the Mechanical T-Rex, and Scarecrow's Fear Toxin, and the Batmobile. Yeah, I was, I was surprised, too. Again, no Batarangs, like, very few. Like, it, it's not tech. You know, they're not basing anything off of, like, Bat Tech or, like, any sort of gadgets. And, like, not one of man, the most just his fun brain, Just his brains and leg muscles. Yeah, just uh, some Bat calves, I guess. You know? <laughs> Uh, another thing of note is uh, on the cover, and uh, actually, I'll bring up the cover again real quick. It's a decent looking cover. I mean, the the color is like very indicative of the 1960s style, and you know, it's the Neil Adams artwork that's uh, stylized to look like something else. But it's it's a good cover. Yeah, I, I, the the funny thing is, I mean, Neil Adams' actual illustration is very minimal for what the entirety of the cover is when you mm -hmm. look at it. I mean, he clearly did the bat symbol containing the 200th smash, smash issue uh, descriptor with Batman and Robin standing astride holding it up. But the entire uh, tapestry on the back is just made up of a collage of older covers uh, to celebrate, you know, obviously this milestone issue being number 200. Uh, but insofar as what Neil Adams had to do is kind of kind of minimal insofar as like the the creative aspect of Batman from him. And this is uh, this is him fresh off of drawing X-Men, right? That's what I would think, like because uh, 1963 of X-Men and you get uh, maybe two, three years out of Kirby, if that. And then it goes into Neil Adams. Mm. And um, after that, the book gets canceled. I want to say 1967. So, you know, then you're looking at 1967 when this one was published or, uh, or created because they published it in 68. Uh, that's probably when you got this fresh off of Marvel uh, X-Men. When that got canceled, you have Neil Adams. That's probably why they got him. Probably. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, and especially for somebody who just spent so much time working on drawing younger people. Uh, pretty, pretty big deal to have him come over to Batman with a teenage sidekick and start to put his his imprint over those two characters because uh, Robin, especially looking at that cover right there, it's a clear difference between oh, a, a full-grown man in a costume and a kid in a costume. Such a better artist than Bob Kane. I mean, just yeah, like, that's, that's fucking hard to say, I guess. I'm just like, look, I may not be up to snuff like to you know, create my own character and like make a comic book in the 1940s and all that with my art style and all and that. And neither I was mean, Bob Kane. Like, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, it's like, if you look at like the art style, it's like, wow, this is like a different league. It's like a Renaissance painting in comparison. <laughs> you know? That's fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then especially when you compare like this cover to the inside of the book, it's like, what, what happened here? <laughs> oh, it's a classic uh, bait and switch, you know? Oh, like, you, like nowadays, it would have Alex Ross on the cover, and you this, open it up, is, and you're like, "Oh, this is Earth, this is Earth X from Marvel in the worst." Oh way. man, <laughs> that is just the worst. You cool. open it up, and you're like, "Alex Ross, I love his artwork." What oh, is this horse shit? What happened to the artwork inside the book? Oh, what are they just like spreading ink around the page? <laughs> they know they're supposed to let the ink dry before yeah, they close exactly. the pages, they right? Yeah, it's spot on description of Earth X right there. 
<laughs> it looks like somebody poured tomato soup on a piece of paper and folded it in half. What is this? Oh, uh, that's Cyclops. What? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Oh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Finally, we get to see what Wolverine would look like if he were portrayed by Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so on this cover, uh, they do um, recreate. Uh, I don't know if this is copies or if uh, Neil recreated each one. Uh, but we have Batman he number could. one. He could have, yeah. Yeah, he could. He certainly could have. Um, I, it doesn't seem like he did because no. these look pretty vintage. And um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. But um, I think after this, they actually changed the logo too. Like, because they definitely will eventually change his uh, his sort of circular signet, but um, I think that they're going to change the Batman logo at this point as well. Really? Okay. I mean, we'll, we'll have to do a little research into that. That 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 you know, going over to different logos would definitely make a good episode. It's kind of interesting to know too. Like, I'm looking at like the two like cover in page one uh, side by side here, and uh, Neil Adams his bat symbol uh on the chest is what we think of as that you know classic oval yellow field with the rounded bat but mm -hmm. if you if you go right to that first page it's actually very reminiscent of the 66 batman symbol it's not rounded mm -hmm. up the edge it's clearly within that rounded field the yellow field but it still has the the straighter edge for the wings on the outside um, and then just makes its way in sort of a straight curved line in towards the tail, and that's it. It uh, doesn't really fit the the circular portion of the, the yellow symbol altogether. Yeah, yeah. You're right, yep. Yeah. yeah. Just, but then like, again, that was the counterfeit Batman, right? The counterfeit Batman? Yeah, because that was, what, Tony, the guy that he was pretending was Batman? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Possibly played by Milton Berle. Uncle Milty. Good night, Uncle Milty. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Look at a snowgie. No, the the symbol's still the same. Um, hmm. Let's see. Let's go, go a little further. Go a little further. Yeah. Don't really. There's a little bit of a on each there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> whatever. That guy clearly <laughs> stole Bruce Wayne's, um, you know, uh, yellow checkered suit. <laughs> As was the style of the time. And yeah, that's like uh, the Matches Malone outfit. Matches Malone, like a green scally cap, and <laughs> kind of yeah, he had a match sticking out and some some like dark glasses. Yeah, like a fucking. How could we not talk about the Flash too in oh. this, right? Oh, that's like a classic cover too. Like I've seen that cover numerous times over the years with the fucking big head Flash. MTV prevent presents the Flash. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It does look like something from Liquid Television. That's that's something else. <laughs> the Scarlet Speedster puts on a new personality and a head to match in the swell-headed superhero. I love it. Swell. I, I love the, the the funny thing about the Flash and the Flash's villains. It seems like at the end of of their adventures, they just seem to all want to like hug it out or something. You know. I don't know. You know, it's just like, like mirror masters. Like I get it. It's your job. You know, I'm not pissed at you or anything, but I just needed to steal this, you know, to feed my Coke habit. It's like, it's okay. We're going to get you help. Thanks, man. I you know, know the media calls you rogues, but you're really my bros. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> rogues before hoes, man. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, so do we have anything else on Batman 200 before we close up this issue? Did you guys get a chance to read uh, the next issue of Batman 89? Not yet. Not yet. No. It just uh, it just came out, so I, I would uh, I would recommend to our listeners to check out the next issue of that. It it gets even better, I think, uh, and then uh, it's it's getting a little deeper, and uh, I like it. Good. I like that. I like hearing it. And, yeah. and there's a giant penny in it. It's awesome. <laughs> and also, uh, Batman World came out this week as well. Yes, uh, it, and that's a full um, hardcover novel. When I, I just walked into the comic store today, and I'm like, "What is this?" Well, Justin, that's called a book. <laughs> like, what do you what do you do with it? <laughs> do you do you eat it? <laughs> do, what, does it <laughs> what does it taste like? Does it taste like Batman? <laughs> like, no, no. You read it. You read it. It's like, <laughs> Batman tastes plain. This is like, what is this water? Is it frozen <laughs> water? Yeah, that's right. I taste like just ice. Ah, uh, <laughs> golf clap. <laughs> uh, it, it does have a cover by Lee Bermijo, so I'm gonna yes. have to pick it up. Yes, it uh, it looks pretty sweet. Yeah, and it's uh, it's reminiscent a little bit of like the old um, Batman Incorporated, which was a story that I loved. I friggin' love the hell out of that, and that costume is still my favorite Batman costume. But uh, it reminds me a little bit of that. You've got international Batmans from all over, like, different countries. I saw there was one story by, like, uh, from Slo- Slovenia, one from Poland. And I'm like, finally, one for us. Yes. <laughs> the Polish Batman. He fights crimes with potatoes. <laughs> Bat pierogies. Exactly. Yeah. They're shaped <laughs> like bats. <laughs> no, not potato and cheese. No. His arguments with people on how borscht is also a Polish soup. <laughs> we call it borscht. <laughs> it is made by my nanny, Luba. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the Batman of Warsaw. What a yeah. fucking great character, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, It's everybody's on motorcycles, you know, and his, uh, his big villain is cholesterol. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you ever had Polish food, his his enemy is cholesterol. Yes, <laughs> this, there's only so much pierogi and kielbasa you can eat. You can't have like twice a week because you will fail at everything. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly having a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's there we go. Sorry. Woo! <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have that third fried pierogi for lunch. <laughs> Mm, Why? So- What'd you have for breakfast? Four fried pierogies. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, uh, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. If you like pierogies, make sure that you write to us at one eight hundred. I mean, they are delicious. Boiled, oh, yeah. fried, whatever, man. Just bust out the sour cream, and uh, you're in for a good time. Take it from this fat guy. I wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> when uh. He's just hungry now. No, no, no. I, I'm just thinking back when, uh, you know, I, I, I was such an idiot back in the day. Uh, I was working retail and uh, I was working in the Hartford Civic Center. And uh, this this random woman would like come in and like give people pierogies. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like, like, I was in, born in New Britain, oh, dude. That's how that's how we did it. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I, I just need to know, like, were they in things that, or she was just like, here, have loose pierogi. 
Yeah, pretty probably. Much, pretty much yeah. a loser. Yeah. Like, like, like holding up a fucking scrap of ham to a puppy. Like, I, I think I had like a little paper plate with it. Oh, yeah. thank God. Okay, something. Okay, something. To put it on. Right, that's fine. Just like slinging, literally slinging pierogi. He's like, yeah. thwip, thwip, just slapping against the wall, and you just watch it like flip down like one of those old fucking sticky toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, and and uh, just depends like if you if you boil it versus if you uh fry it in butter, you know, and then you throw it at the wall and the boiled one will stick and uh the one in butter will slide. Mm, that's I both think, sound I good think though. Were fried. Oh, Delicious. even better. Even better. Good God. Anyway, enough of the fucking Polish food. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that we also didn't uh, glance over that whole weird page there, that quarter panel page that shall live in infamy. So because that's just going to stick with me, that weird. <laughs> oh, dude, fucking uh, Alfred breaking the fourth. Well, I can't even wrap my head around that one. So yeah. like, I don't even get the wink at all. They're just really, really talking like, down to the audience in this one. Alfred's solution for getting them past this drug-induced fear, right, is to remind them of how fucking terrified each one of them were when their parents got killed in front of them. Like, what is that, immersion therapy at that point? Like, And this <laughs> is the guy that later on will blast a, pl- a predator with a shotgun, you know, and then hit a predator with a bat. So it's like, hey. Well, I guess Alfred was the real Batman. Mm-hmm. I you remember reading that comic and thinking that at that point in time, I was like, really? Isn't that a little You've got to cover there? those at some point, guys, because, yeah. What is it, like something. three of them? Like three different series they did of Batman versus Predator? Yes. I think so, yeah. yeah. Yes, there are. And they, did Superman, they did Superman Aliens one as well. Superman Aliens, Superman um, uh, Justice League uh, with uh, Predator, with, with all of them. Yeah. Um, there's a Batman Tarzan that's actually pretty decent. So that's uh, there's, pretty good. there's a Superman Tarzan that's pretty good yep. too. <laughs> Absolutely. All these Dark Horse crossovers are never going to see the light of print again. I so know. if you can find them, like if you go and see like the like the uh, Ron Mars Green Lantern and versus Aliens, pick it up, dude. I, I just found it for like two dollars and fifty cents back issue. Now Marvel owns Alien and Predator and all that. You are never going to see these things in another uh, compilation, other than just something online ever again. So scoop yep. them up. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I have the all the Batman Predators. Um, I do too. Yeah, and you know, speaking of Alfred dressing up as uh, Batman, he did it also just recently in uh, Rebirth. Of course, he did. Yeah. It was uh, it was pretty funny seeing him seeing him. Uh, Real easy to mistake him for. Uh, I can't. For I can't really. Wayne. I can't really say much about Rebirth because depending on what issue that you're at, there's like a whole bunch of spoilers that you can go into. Um, what issue are you on, Leo? I should ask. Uh, I'm at uh, issue, I think, thirty six. Gotcha. You have yeah. not hit issue seventy five through. Uh, through 100 yet so no cool. definitely not as indicated by the far lower number of the <laughs> issue that he just listed. I, I i did read some of the later issues uh you know trying to get i knew how far backlogged i was uh and i did want to you know i heard there was a lot of issues with like the whole wedding and everything so i was trying to read issues past that so i, I do know what happens to alfred oh okay all right yeah. I, I um I collect variants of issue number fifty for the wedding, so I've got probably about fourteen or fifteen different copies of that. Oh, wow! So and um 
I mean, it was it was one of those things like when that was coming out, I was doing press coverage for that issue. So I did like a whole story on like all the variants for it. Now it's become kind of fun for me to try to find them and be like, I want to get the Michael Turner variant or let me get the Jay Lee, uh, you know, virgin copy without the logo. So so that's that's been kind of fun. That's that's what I did all throughout the pandemic. I'm like, let me see how many Batman number fifties I can find. Hey man, any port in a storm. Yeah, like pretty it. pretty much, you know. I uh I collected uh some keys during the pandemic. Uh you know, I was trying to help out my local uh comic shop. Uh so every now and then I'd order, you know, uh like Batman year one, you know, original yes, yeah. year two. Um the McFarlane Batmans, uh, which I think they're part of year two, right? Uh, it is actually part of uh, year two. They're just releasing that uh, action figure out too. Yeah, it's, it, it, that's just out for pre-order. The uh, Batman with the long, flowy McFarlane cape. Nice. So you knew he yeah. couldn't wait to get that out. I'm sure. Of course. Oh, yeah. And see, hey, kids, this is Todd McFarlane. I'm here <laughs> to tell you about it. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think geeks kind of had it a little bit easier than some other people too during the pandemic by finding things to like latch onto to kind of keep themselves from losing their minds. I I mean, I did it too. I I decided, you know, I I don't have a lot of um, statues. I, I love them. I've just never had like a, a space for them, and I still really don't. But I said fuck it, and uh, I decided to uh, get every. Um, Kodubukiya artifacts uh, statue of the. Every, oh yeah, you were telling every, us about yeah, this. Every figure that they've done so far from like the classic Justice League of America. Oh, nice. Um, so I, I'm I, and I literally just completed it uh, last week. Um, like I, That's awesome. They I, they they don't have all of them made. They they don't have a Martian Manhunter, and they don't have an Aquaman yet. And uh, it's it's the one six scale that I like. So you know they're all about you know twelve thirteen inches, um, but like I have uh, Green Lantern, Batman, the the Hush Batman. Uh, wait, what's that? Sweet. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said wait. I'm like okay, I guess. <laughs> um, I got uh, Jim Lee Superman, and his stand is like awesome. The the S that he he goes on to um, the Kotobukiya Wonder Woman. Oh, she has the 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 cape. In like the classic red uh, and white boots, she, it looks looks great. Uh, and the Flash, uh, the Flash was actually the, my very first statue ever. I actually had had that one for several years, and when I decided to just, my goal was initially just to get the the figures that comprise the original seven of the Justice League, and it turns out that the Flash that I got was Kotobukiya artifacts didn't even register i i don't pay attention to that stuff i found the suit the the superman one that i really wanted to get uh and the wonder woman one at the same time and i was like ah oh, fuck it i'll get them uh one after the other not concurrently and i got it and i was like wait a minute hold on that looks familiar and i went and found the box for my flash statue and i was like son of a bitch this is the same person that designed it mm-hmm. and then i then i got the superman one like two weeks later and there it was. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And once that happened, I was like, well, I guess I have to just stick with this designer moving forward. And um, I honestly have to say they're all great. But the thing that I was most impressed by was on the Green Lantern one. It's Hal Jordan. And he's holding up his right hand like this with, with the ring on. They airbrushed green just slightly around on his middle finger down in front of the back of his hand. 
and then down on the other side of his ring finger so it actually looks like it's glowing Is this that's it? not that's not it <laughs> oh, okay no that's the uh, that's actually the new 52 version yeah it would it would have to be uh green it would be uh Kodobukiya green lantern uh one sixth scale Kodobukiya. um yeah it's um yeah i mean, I, could, I could probably find it real fast and see and guys the uh the price of the new 52 number one books has just jumped up again i don't know if anyone's looking to sell or anything like that but i i just saw that um my local comic store was selling detective comics number one from 2011 and it was going for 50 bucks Whoa. Which, is, which is a huge jump to where it was yeah, I have a bunch of those, man. Yeah, like, I, I'm like, I have every single one. Sam yeah, that's Hawk like, man. Yeah, Blue, all I got all that shit. Fucking yeah. Rob, Red Hood and the Outlaws. All exactly. That. Yeah, yeah, the Lobdell book. So yeah. yeah, holy shit, dude. That's that's good to know, I guess. I mean, invest, I never... invest in those. No, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Um, I wonder if I can get it. Oh, is this? Uh, can I get a close up here? Let's see. Kotobukiya. All right, here we go. Show. Like open, save, open, open tab, open image, open image. Do it, do it. <laughs> okay, share, share screen. Yes, I will share the screen. Thank you. And share. I was sharing. There we go. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. That's that, awesome. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about with. That's Nathan Fillion for sure. Yeah. But I, 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 I did not notice that detail until I got the statue. And I was like, oh, shit, that is, that is cool, man. That's and, definitely cool. Yeah, and the stand actually is the this is sort of like a prototype, I guess. Um, that stand is actually the Green Lantern symbol on the Oh cool. Yeah, on the uh character proper. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. Oh, even better. Yeah, that's that's what it would look like. I mean wood, that's that's what it does look like, I should say. Um yeah, it's it's dope. Um, They've done some really cool ones with the um, like the diamond selects and all that, like these uh, fifty dollar sort of PVC ones. Actually, so, uh, I got one here. I don't know. If, uh, oh yeah, Batman yeah. the Hunt Hush one. Yeah, I have the uh, the Neil Adams one um, up there. I just on my brand new shelf. Oh nice! That's, that's fantastic. Look at that. That's so cool. Yeah, I love how how just like huge the um, the big bat symbol is on that. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things, uh, especially with getting the the Batman one. I really wanted to get like a a, a decent sized Batman, but not have him be like I, I want like Dark Knight Returns proportions, but I also didn't want like a too slimmed out version. And uh, that that statue that they made based on uh, Batman from Hush by Jim Lee, it looks good, man. It looks really really good. The the, the way the cape is seemingly in motion with everything. Oh, it's it's nice. And uh, this is coming from a guy who, you know, I love the concept and design of Batman more than I've enjoyed a lot of the execution of the characters' stories. So, Which is yeah. good, and that keeps us honest, too. You know, because we could gush forever over a story, but, you know, you may yeah. <laughs> bring us back to reality on something. Hey, guys, this, this part was kind of stupid, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do that to myself constantly. Like, I, 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 am, I am, like, my own, my own, like, you know, commentary to keep myself from getting too jazzed about something. Like, I, I dial it back. And I'm like, this is the fucking best. And I have that voice that's like, ah, uh, is it the best or do you really like it? Why don't you fucking take a second and really think about that one? And uh, honestly, it's kind of the approach I take. And I say that to people all the time. They're like, this is the fucking best. I'm like, listen, I know that you like it. And that's <laughs> great. 
It's but, their personal best. But yeah, just because you like it and it's the best for you does not make that an absolute. <laughs> like, you know? Do you have a lot of arguments about cinematography on film? No, not particularly. <laughs> no, it's I, like, well, well, what's the best about it? Is it, is it, you know, like the cinematography? Is it the shot? Is it the directing? Is it, you know, I, you know, my, my, my thing is like, I don't get, I don't get down on people for liking something and, and trying to, you know, root out what it is they think that's so great. It's more just like, hey, listen, I think that it's awesome that you love it, that you think it's great. I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum, but for crying out loud, you have to understand. Just because you like it doesn't mean it is the pinnacle of the thing. It's what? just the version that you like the most. And there are probably a lot of other people that agree with you. But remember, there's also likely going to be a lot of other people that don't agree with you. That doesn't make them wrong. It doesn't make you wrong. It just means opinions are exactly those. They are subjective and they, they are informed by our own personal experiences. I can't tell someone how they personally connect to something. I can't tell them that how they do that is wrong. No one can. You know, uh, and, and, and I start with myself before I go on anybody else. You know, like I love Superman, but I can recognize when Superman shit is not good. <laughs> like it's very easy for me. I, and I also I take issue, be, you know, not that you guys have done it at all it, it, since we started doing this. But you, I know you are familiar with other people out there in different fandoms, different geekdoms, different dorkdoms, however you want to refer to it, uh, getting super into how something is great and, you know, they just really can't see the thing for what it really is. Like they give it a pass because it is the th part of whatever it is they love and that's enough for them. And I can't do that. I, I just can't. Like this, so, so we're not going to cover the Dark Knight Returns Part Two. Oh, the Dark Knight Strikes Again. Listen, we absolutely can cover that. I would love to cover that. By I like, all means, I like I like a lot of that. I don't like everything in it, but I do like a lot of it. I'm, I'm, my favorite part was when I was done reading it. So yeah, yeah. Cool. the end. Question mark. There, there were some there were some interesting ideas in that book for sure, but. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's across the board. If you if you can't, it's it's great to love something, and and to just have that pure joy of of going at it, absorbing a story and a character. I get that, but I'm also like I've been reading comics and absorbing pop culture stuff for so long that you know, at almost forty years of age, like I can't just sit there and be like, oh yeah. Because I like it and I want it to be great. It is great. Like, nah, man, I love Superman. And the last, the last fucking time I, this was really an issue for me. And it, it informed me even more. So going forward was Superman returns. Like I went and saw that movie in theaters and I needed that movie to be good. I needed it to be good. I waited so long for something like that. And it took me a good long time, like many, many months after that movie came out to finally outwardly admit that it was not a good movie like you had an existential crisis because i did wow. i really did but that's the thing is like whereas i watched it and i i really had to think about it and roll it around and contemplate it for a while and come to that conclusion i know that there are plenty of other people out there that are like nope i like it and i watched it and i love it because i love superman oh well okay that's actually not why it, it should be good it shouldn't be good because you love it it should you should love it because it's good. There's a difference, you know, 
and it, I find that happens an awful lot with um, with certain other uh, things out there. I don't want to get into nitty gritties or anything, but Punisher it's just, comics. <sighs> I mean, honestly, like I, I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of it with Star Wars. Um, you know, it's just like I, if you love Star Wars, great. I mean, I like Star Wars too, but like you should still be able to recognize if something isn't good, if it doesn't work and not just give it a pass because you love star Wars. Hey, if, you don't, if you don't like rise of Skywalker, you're not a true fan. Um, I'm actually thinking more rogue one. I hate that. Fucking I movie. hate rogue one. Oh my I God. I thought I was movie. the only one. I hate that fucking movie with the burning passion of a million fucking suns. I, 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 I will admit this to you. I like the Darth Vader scene at the end. That's it. Um, that is the worst performance I I've ever seen. I don't even I don't even like the fucking Darth Vader scene at the end of it. Like, sure, separate, fine, except for the fact that it takes place just as A New Hope is about to start. I am supposed to honestly believe that Darth Vader did all that fucking dope ass shit at the end of that movie, right? And then in the very next movie, he can barely wave a fucking lightsaber around with an old dude in a fucking brown robe. Nah, nah, that's so wildly inconsistent. And that's the, that's what gets me is like people are like, oh, it's so fucking good. I'm like, which part? I don't understand. Like, why did you need this movie? It was fucking covered in like one fucking line in another movie. Many Balthans died to get us these plans. I don't need a movie about that. I got the <laughs> explanation right there. Boom. Let's get back into it. But instead, people are like, oh, this is the fucking hottest thing since bread came out of the oven. And I'm like, you people are so fucking yeah, hard I, up. I, I don't didn't like it. I don't, I don't like it. And I'm not, I try not to be judgmental. Like, let people like what they like. But the arguments that have, like, I don't try to argue about it. But the people who come at me all the time, like, oh, it's so good, though. It's so good. I'm like, what about it is good? Like, here's why I don't think it's good. You tell me why you think it is. And they can never really give me, like, concrete shit it's always like some tangential stuff i'm like why does this matter to the stories that they've been telling though like what did you learn in this movie that was new that you couldn't get have gotten any place else in the entirety of the movie series thus far like what was in there and quite frankly it was nothing not to mention the fucking well, i don't i just don't actions that are rebels we learned that i i just don't understand why the father played by mods mickelson would record a goddamn message for his daughter who he has no idea if she's alive or dead because he hasn't seen her in 20 fucking years and starts it off by saying, I don't have a lot of time. You know something? If you don't have a lot of time and you're sending this to the fucking rebels who you want to get the plans for the Death Star that show the weakness that you built into it, maybe start off with, I don't have a lot of time, and instead of a fucking 10-minute message to your maybe dead daughter, say, in case you can't get to the plans, there's two exhaust ports that you need to blow the fucking thing up with. There you go. You, now you don't need to go all the way there. You can find out where those fucking things are, and you're done. You know what I mean? Like, Didn't they have interrogator droids and stuff like that, too, at that point? And, like, things... I, I thought that, like, he he went along a little too quietly where it's just like, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, 20 years later, he hasn't even tried anything and all that. And it's like, yeah, because he's just like enjoying his job security. Yeah. You know, he's just like going on, going about his business, trying to build the biggest uh, mousetrap that he can and taking pride in his work. Right. But then he's like, Oh, I'm secretly a good guy. You've been indoctrinated for the past 20 years. <laughs> We're supposed to believe that you're going to go with a rebel person that you somehow left your, your child with or something. I'm like, I don't, I don't buy it. And, and it was a waste of Mads Mikkelsen, like the film. Yeah. 
But you know, the, the, but to to get back to what we we're saying though, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that get very very easily blinded by the entirety of a of a character or story, and they can't really see the forest for the trees. Um, that I like I said, I don't think that's an issue that we're dealing with uh, on this show. Oh, we'll come up to it. I'm absolutely well, we, positive. We, 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 we might. We Which might. is why you're here. Yeah, so. and that's <laughs> I, I'm definitely here to be that buffer. I completely understand that. That was a conversation we had before one word was ever recorded. Um, but like we haven't we haven't gotten to that point, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, I don't foresee it being a blowout or anything. I'm just you know I'm gonna do my thing and. You guys will explain to me why why you like it. And, you know, like I said, I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. It's just, uh, you know, if, if a thing is good, it's good. Leo, he doesn't want us to read the book where Batman beats up Superman. I don't give a shit. Have, <laughs> Batman, beat, have Batman beat up Superman. That's, that's fine. Not a problem. Because it happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, that is fucking weak because, like, Batman, uh, whatever. I'm just not even going to get it. You know it would be a cool book, too? Have you guys ever read the, uh, I think it's called the Hiteka by, um, uh, let's see. It's a Wonder Woman story, and it's by Greg Rucka. Oh, and, that sounds um, familiar. And it's a story where Batman is trying to apprehend this uh, woman who's a criminal, and uh, she's under the direct protection of Themyscira. And Wonder Woman is not having any of it, and she beats the piss out of Batman to prove her point. Marvelous. So, and the cover of the Hiteka is uh, Wonder Woman's boot on uh, Batman's skull. Where he's just like ah yeah I've seen, okay it's a I have JG Jones it. cover and it's really slick looking it is so. I've seen that it's yeah. yeah it's the very classic uh, white and yeah, red boot yeah. too though that same one I was talking about the white stripe down the middle coming to the toe yeah it's a, it's it's an awesome image and uh, yeah. I've never read it but I I I've seen that book. And uh, it's all, it is intriguing. Just we'll, we'll get to it. I, I imagine, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like off the beaten bat path. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, you know, here, I, you know, I think we want to cover, you know, the gamut, uh, you know, we'll obviously covering comics. I'm sure we'll cover some of the animated films as well. And, Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. And it's all Batman. So probably the actual films and we'll, we'll see where it goes, but definitely add that in the chat. So, uh, so we have it. And uh, why don't we wrap things up? Um, so we'll start with Justin. Where do you like people interacting with you? You can check me out on Facebook, Justin Cooper. You can find me on Instagram. I think it's uh, what Booster Blue. Uh, so it's like J. I don't know J Booster. J something. Booster, something along those lines. Um, yeah, or you can check me out on the uh, Geek Life HQ podcast here on the Dorkening Network, or Epic Tales from the Sewers if you're a Ninja Turtles fan. Brandon. Uh, well, let's see. Um, you can come join me and these fine fellows here uh, at the Powers Combined Facebook group uh, on Facebook, of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our number one rule is don't be a jerk. We just have a lot of fun, a lot of geeky uh, memes and info to be shared. And, Great uh, like, memes. Yeah. <laughs> I do my best, man. I do my best. But there's a lot of contributors there. It's fun. Um and uh, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm on uh, the socials, uh, let's see, Twitter at Brandon's Powers and Instagram at This Brandon Has Powers. I am on the Dorkening podcast on Wednesdays uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, weekly. And then uh, bi-weekly, I am doing this show with these fellows, of course, as well as another show with these guys called Comics Paradox, where we are covering 
alternate reality takes on uh, stories and characters uh, through comics uh, like the big two, DC and, and Marvel, as well as getting into other stuff, uh, story arcs and, you know, movies and so on and so forth, television shows down the line, uh, where it's, you know, just a, a skewed take on what we already know to be established. You know, what if what if Superman had landed in Gotham City and was found by Thomas and Martha Wayne instead of Bruce Wayne being born? You know, well, how does that work out? Uh, things of, of that nature. And, um, you know, answer not good for Joe chill. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, and you know, so comics paradox, it, it's a lot of fun. We've been, we've been having a blast doing that right alongside this one. Um, it's C O M I X, uh, paradox. And, uh, you can also start following, uh, the brand new Twitter for that. It's, uh, at comics underscore paradox, C O M I X underscore P A R A D O X. Cool. beans. Uh, and for me, I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. Uh, you know, a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. And uh, yeah, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. And uh, that's about it. Uh, so would one of you, uh, why don't we sign it off uh, with like uh, same bat time, same bat channel? Who would like to do that? I'll I'll do it. Go for it. Uh, oh, next week. Oh, Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs>